I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost business in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting to Project Noordhoekt. If you care about protection of wildlife and how snares affect him, you will enjoy this conversation. I'm joined by Caroline Hanks from Project Noordhoekt. Caroline, th- uh, welcome. Thanks very much, Jaco. Lovely to be here today. So we always start the show by um, just our guest uh, giving us a little bit of history on their background and how you ended up where you are now. Great. Um, I'm, I'm a passionate environmentalist. I have been for, for a lot of my life. Um, I've also lived in Nootuk in the Western Cape probably since about 93, actually. So I've seen a hell of a lot of changes and, and some you know pretty radical development in this beautiful valley. Um, and in the last five years, I've been privileged enough to to manage a project called Project Nordict, which, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's just a whole synergy of of, of ecosystem uh, protection and job creation and stuff. We obviously talk a lot more about it just now. Um, so yeah, it's it's really just about preserving uh, this little piece of paradise that we we call home. Okay, thank you for that intro. So let's jump straight into it. So what is Project Nordict? So it's a it's a, a non-profit uh, community funded project. We have um sorry about this. We have uh we employ four guys uh from the local communities um and they work for us 3 days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday and a Friday. Uh they do they work from 9 o'clock to uh 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And we all sorts of elements to the project. Um the most specific or the most um the, the, the element we're most proud of is clearing invasive alien plants out of the uh, very precious Nordic wetland, uh, which faces all sorts of threats. Um, so we clear invasive alien plants and we also pick up rubbish, uh, a lot of ocean-borne plastic off the beach. And we have a very exciting sort of awareness drive around around beach plastic, which we can chat about shortly. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a bunch of elements to the project um, and we're just very, very proud of it because it's – it's a really, it's a feel good project. And the fact that we've got community funding, um, from residents, we've got about 45 donors and that's what keeps us going, um, in their wages. Well, in these days and ages, it's, uh, it's very uh, good to hear that that stuff still exists. So, um, how did the project come about? It was started by a resident, uh, in 2015. Um, she employed two guys and they were specifically just cleaning, uh, plastic and stuff off the beaches. Um, and roadsides. And then we took it over. She wanted to, um, step back. So we took the project on and from in 2018, when we, we've expanded it since then, we've expanded the work we do and we've obviously increased the size of the team. Um, and then, okay. So let's go on the plastic stuff quickly. That's not really what I wanted to chat about, but it's interesting. Um, so since you started, would you say, is it, is it getting more or less? What, what is happening to the environment when based on that little snapshot that you guys see there? Yeah, it's, you know what? I mean, uh, obviously having lived here since 93, I've seen huge changes and it's just the, the pressure of people on the beach. And obviously the, the fact that the ocean is really quite, um, full of plastic, unfortunately, thanks to, you know, our behavior at home. So we, we started a project where we've got a big wire installation, a big wire whale, and we call her Kakapo. And she has been installed at the beach. She's enormous. 
enormous and everyone is, is sort of like invited when they go to the beach they take a bag and they fill it up with whatever they find on the beach which is inevitably coming from the ocean then they put her, the, the plastic inside kakapo so everyone can see so they're getting a sense of what's going on in the ocean and then i've got signage up saying you know this this plastic in her belly is indicative of what's going on in the ocean you know think about your habits at home your habits in the shopping center don't take that plastic bag all that sort of stuff so it's really cool and it basically means that every day in on Nordic beach is kind of ocean cleanup day you know um but in people's own time uh so we i've got some stats here which are quite interesting that bags of rubbish removed in the last two years from um various parts of the of the Nordic community so like the main road silver mine 250 bags um and then from the beach um 400 bags that's oh. in two years you know it's pretty intense um and the the stats are alarming we also do some some major cleanups on okapsavech which is the main arterial that links us to tokai and the other side of the mountain and there's all sorts of rubbish and that's obviously not ocean born that's that's people throwing stuff out of their windows or dumping so yeah, we've got a long way to go. There are some very, very significant sort of awareness and educational challenges. People are are quite unaware in in many respects um, uh, uh, in terms of their waste footprint. Uh, and would you say ignorant as well? Probably an element of that, but maybe less so. The beach users on Nordic Beach are certainly becoming more aware. And, you know, it always astounds me when I'm sitting down there watching people come and go, how they will go to the whale and grab a bag. And, you know, they're, they're motivated to clean up, which is oh, really that's nice. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. And then you spoke about the invasive plant species. Just tell us a little bit more about that. So the main uh, species we're dealing with in Nordic is called Port Jackson. It comes from Australia. It was introduced by some well-meaning person who thought it would be a good idea to introduce it to stabilize sand dunes. And, of course, they, they weren't really thinking forward, and it just has taken over. It doesn't have a natural pest, so it's just become a serious invader, one of many. There's so many other species. But this one has taken over the Nordic wetland, and it's obviously it poses a huge fire risk as well as just it threatens biodiversity. And then the other big thing is it has these incredibly long, deep roots, and it just taps into the aquifer, so it's a it's a water water issue. So as a team of four guys, we, we're doing our best to try and, and get into those big, thick forests, but it's a massive undertaking, and, you know, it can be a bit overwhelming, but we're getting there. And then, and then I assume the um, out of those daily activities, uh, the snaring component sort of emerged out of that tell us a little bit about, about that please yeah absolutely we were actually approached by a resident who was very concerned about the number of snares that he was finding and so i offered we offered up our guys to to be additional support and eyes and ears and they um our two guys particularly are very well they, they're very um, sorted when it comes to tracking and finding these very rudimentary snares generally made out of string or wire um, and they have been catching uh, porcupine and, you know, anything that's in there. There's Facebook. There's still quite a bit of wildlife there. But the challenge is that they use the Port Jackson stems, which are nice and hard, to attach the snares. So it's a two-edged sword. You know, if we can tackle the Port Jackson problem, we'll sort out the snare problem. So they've been on a couple of patrols in the last couple of months, and they've I think they've actually removed about 10 to 15 snares. They haven't yet come across anything trapped that's still alive, um, but there's definitely been evidence of some animals that have died. Yeah, I saw tragically. some of the photos that you shared where it looked like it was like a bird's leg or something that was yeah, that's sort right. of left there. 
which is obviously quite concerning. So, so that was introduced as part of the as part of your team as part of the efforts uh, on a yeah. daily basis. Um, and about like once a week for about three hours, they go out with this guy. So that's that's generally what we do. And we have noticed that he seems to have moved away. We're only looking at probably one or two individuals, and they have seen our presence, and so they've moved on, which is very cool. Okay, and then tell me quickly. Um, you said there's there's uh, four people in the team, and um, and where do you find them, and how, how long do those guys typically stay around? Because um, I assume, like you say, it's it's quite hard and daunting work. Yeah, no, we've had these guys since 2018. Well, two of them, the core guys, and then other two have joined us in I think 20. Two, twenty, twenty-one. Sorry, um, they're just they're incredibly loyal, and we, you know, it's our core team. I think we'll have them for a very long time. They, they're very motivated. We give them a lot of recognition. Um, you, yeah, we've we've got a really cool little video clip that we had made for our last fundraiser with Nick Rabinovitz, and um, I think they felt like celebrities. They came to the premiere, and you know, they they're loved by the community. Everyone knows their names. They've got uniforms, so. There is a sense of recognition, and that really helps in terms of their motivation levels. I don't think they're going anywhere. They they really appreciate the work. And in and in Caroline, in terms of in terms of you, uh, what motivates you? Because I assume it takes a lot of energy and positivity to do this on a daily basis. Yeah, it is three days a week, so it's not it's not such a biggie. But I do spend a lot of time, obviously, fundraising. That's the main thing. Um, and it's rewarding, you know, it's, it's really good when we start to get traction and when people, you know, see our work and I do a lot of Facebook and Instagram posts and they all, they come on board with that. Um, especially some of the feel good projects with like, um, we extended a beach boardwalk down at Nurduk and that's a very visible, tangible thing. And everyone's super appreciative. Uh, we get a lot of, um, really cool donations from businesses in the Valley. So for example, the boardwalk was from the pole yard. Uh, they just donated all the wood, um, so the community really comes together, and that's that's magic. And then, um, what are the the biggest hurdles that you face on a daily basis? You know, I, I, actually, I'll I'll take us straight to a story. Um, one of our most recent projects is um, trying to protect a little plover on the beach. So it's a tiny little ocean uh, coastal bird. And it is very, very vulnerable because it lays its eggs in a, you know, a bare stretch of beach. So there's two little precious eggs and this, this bird hasn't got a hope and help because there's so many people cleaning their dogs and, you know, not seeing the eggs. So literally just last week, we got a hold of a little cage that the bird can get in and out of that protects the eggs. And then we put a boundary around that. So the challenge with this specific project is obviously just informing and educating and creating awareness um of 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 dog users you know you can't have your dog off leash charging into that barrier because the bird will flush and then the eggs aren't incubated so i guess those little challenges and then also we we face a constant hassle with dog dog poo um it's not the most glamorous part of the project but people just don't pick up their dog's poo and they just keep walking and then so the boardwalk just becomes revolting so our guys pick pick it up um so a lot of it is to do with waste management and just awareness around you know your individual footprint, I guess. Um, and then, and then, with uh, uh, December coming uh, coming uh, around, do you expect uh, influx of of visitors? Big time, yeah. And that is a concern because that's precisely when the hatchlings will will emerge. And then I'm not quite sure how we're going to manage that because then these little birds are you know up and down the beach, 
and very vulnerable to dogs. So it'll be interesting, an interesting time. But, but yeah, these birds face such such big threats, and it's it's a it's a sad state because you know literally in I don't know twenty years ago this beach wasn't as busy. In fact, very few people came to Nordic Beach, but now it's one of the more popular ones. So we'll see how that goes. And I think it's a lot of awareness. I've told the team the whole story. They've visited the nest, so they know. And so when they're next down there working, they can chat to the public. Um, and and um, it sounds to me like a lot of work that you're doing is sort of educational because, you, you know, like you say, people just are a little bit uninformed. Um, so yeah. we always we always try and make things real. Um, how can how can uh, business get involved in order to help you in your in your uh, daily struggles or, or efforts? We could always do with more funding. You know, I'd, I'd love to get a couple of, of corporates on board. That would be amazing. But obviously, because it's so specific to Nodook, um, we, we have to appeal to local businesses. And, and they've been amazing. Like I mentioned, the pole yard, um, people have come on board with uh, donating their uniforms um, designing our logo. There's a whole lot of stuff that, you know, businesses just, just love, love the work we do and they come, they come to us with materials. Um, you know, businesses could sponsor some of our eco brick builds. We haven't spoken about that, but we've built three eco brick benches. I don't know if you know about the eco brick concept, no, tell us. but that's basically, okay. So it's a, it's like a Coke bottle. Um, that is stuffed with plastic. So you use a little stick and you fill this thing so that it becomes like a brick. It's got to be solid, solid, like um, 500 grams, I think, is the is the limit. And then we use those to build benches. Um, and people are making these eco-brick benches, but uh, I mean, sorry, they're making the eco-bricks, but a lot of them are not being used. So there's like these stockpiles. So we've, we've built quite a few, and each bench equates to about 1,500 kilograms of plastic like chip packets and stuff that would otherwise be out in the environment so that those are nice feel-good projects and they do cost to build so you know businesses can come on board in sponsoring those things um but otherwise just just assist us with yeah donations towards our wage our wage bill and in um, and in how do people get in contact with you uh, we've got an active Facebook page. I, I update it almost every day. Um, and then we're also on Instagram. So Project Nordukt, uh, it's very easy to find us. And yeah, we'd love, we'd love support, you know, especially if you, if you live in this, in the deep south. And also more than that, Jaco, I think it's a model. It's a community model that could be replicated in any community. I think because we yeah. all know we can't really rely on state agencies. You know, they, they tend to, um, be overwhelmed and lacking budgets or lacking motivation. Um, and that's where we, we pull in, you know, we're just doing stuff like we'd fill potholes if we had them, but yeah. that, that would apply in, in other parts of South Africa. You're hundred percent right. I mean, that's an example of our community should be to protect um, that little area that's precious to us. And I mean, even yeah. us uh, up in Gauteng, you know, like you say, in December, we, we want to come and enjoy the, the beauty of uh and pristineness of Cape Town. So, um, you know, I think we all have a role to play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, excellent. So we'll um, put up all of those details uh, a little bit later today. And then uh, let's see if we can get the word out and, and get people to contact you and, uh, and contribute to, what your, to all your efforts there on a, on a daily basis. Awesome. Thank you so much for the support, Jaco. Caroline, thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for listening to Unbundled Boost, brought to you by Catalytic a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. <clears throat> Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central app or website 
And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you want to know more about Catalytic, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.